The Rainbow Skyline Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Do you want to see Nikola Jokic's latest display of passing wizardry up close and not on TV? With GameTime, you can click on any seat in the app and get a panoramic view of the court, kind of like how the Joker sees the court. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, your Denver Nuggets podcast from The Athletic. I'm Nick Cosmider, joined by my colleague Kendra Andrews. We cover the Nuggets for The Athletic, uh, and we're coming to you tonight from the Pepsi Center, where the Nuggets uh, just beat the Miami Heat 109-89. to It was the second win in a row for Denver uh, after beating Orlando on Saturday night. Moves the Nuggets to 5-2 and two on the season. And so we're going to talk about this game for a little bit. Um, we're going to get into some other topics, uh, particularly Nikola Jokic, um, and, and then get into a new segment that we're going to do on this Wednesday podcast, um, you know, at least periodically, um, which is our stock report. We're going to talk about some things trending up for the Nuggets, some things trending down. Um, so it should be a lot of fun to talk about that. And again, this is this podcast once a week coming to you free. Uh, you can get it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And then we'll also have a bonus podcast, a second podcast each week that you can only get at The Athletic app. Um, and so go to theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline. You can get 40% off an annual subscription, which will give you all the podcasts, both ours and any national podcast, as well as all of our great writing content, uh, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, European soccer, you name it. Uh, it it's all right there. So without further ado, Kendra, let's get into tonight. Um, you know, obviously... The Nuggets were coming off a road trip in which they laid an egg in New Orleans, bounced back, win a close one in Orlando, were welcoming a Miami Heat team that had the best net rating in the NBA, was 5-1, and one, had come off a, a win over the Rockets in which they had outscored Houston 46-14 to 14 in the first quarter, so, so really playing well. And, you know, honestly, the Nuggets came out, hit their first six shots, played with a lot of energy, and I thought for the most part tonight, um, really started to find some things offensively. Uh, that hadn't been there. What was what was kind of your first takeaway uh, when you just think about this game as a whole? Yeah, I think, and I think uh, Coach Malone said it after the game too, this was kind of the first game this season that really felt like Nuggets basketball. This, I think, was an example of what people really expected this Nuggets team to look like for the majority of the game heading into the season. Their offense, like you said, they hit their first six or so yeah, shots of the game. Shots. Their defense, you know, they, they kept uh, Jimmy Butler to just 25% from the field, which was really big for them. It, it just seemed like things were really clicking for them offensively and defensively. And this was their first, like, runaway win. This was the first time that they had been up against an opponent by 20 points or more. So I think that this was, you know, after you know, an up and down road trip where it didn't go exactly the way they wanted to. I think it was probably really good for them to be able to come back out here at home and, and beat them the way they did. Yeah. I think the, the number that Michael Malone liked the most tonight, cause you mentioned kind of how he said getting back to Nuggets basketball and that was the 35 assists, you mm -hmm. know, last year, the Nuggets were second in the league in assists per game. They were up near 
um, 28, 29 per game. This year, they haven't really been getting close to that. I think they came in averaging around 21 a game um, and just really haven't had that ball popping side to side uh, movement that they've become accustomed to. And so that's been a real issue tonight. You get in, I, I think part of it was, you know, Jamal Murray continues to, I think, really grow as a playmaker. He had four assists tonight. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic, even though he, another game for him that was a little bit puzzling, uh, had three fouls. So it was kind of sat a lot, only played 22 minutes, but nine points, five rebounds, five assists. Um, obviously still not himself. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but again, you know, you have Mason Plumley with three assists, Jeremy Grant with three assists. So your bench playmakers, uh, are making plays. And I thought they just really shared the ball really well. Um, but, but the, 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 sequence that really turned the game Jokic picks up his third foul with about seven minutes left in the second quarter um and you know and uh the, the Nuggets go on an 18-7 run to close the second quarter led by Will Barton um who we'll also get into um before I forget too, I to back it up to the top there were there were a couple injuries tonight yes. but I, I think they slipped my mind because Malone said both Gary Harris who suffered an ankle injury mm-hmm. Paul Millsap who suffered a facial facial laceration um, when he collided heads with Justin Winslow, thanks to what appeared to be a pretty cheap shot yes. by Myers Leonard. Um, Hip check. Yeah, yeah, it looked like he was trying to play hockey. Um, you know, so so both of those players, Malone said, doesn't expect it to be too serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so they, they should be back. He's hopeful by Friday when they play the Sixers. Nuggets have a couple days off now. Um, but if not, then perhaps Sunday. Um, Perhaps Sunday, we just had a visitor, um, <laughs> perhaps Sunday in Minnesota if they're not back by Friday. Yeah. Um, so so what, what stood out to you, Kendra, when when the Nuggets, um, to close that second quarter, because they, they were then up 10 at halftime in the second half they rolled, what, what were you seeing kind of in those last seven minutes of the second quarter that stood out? I mean, I think kind of like what you were saying with all the assists and, and stuff, everyone was just getting really involved and I think that something that they struggled with earlier in the season that I think they're figuring out maybe again we'll talk about Jokic a little bit later maybe because he hasn't quite been himself is at first I think they didn't quite know how to play they felt uncomfortable their offense looked fragmented they didn't really know where to go and I think that they really figured that out and that's what I took away from the end of the second quarter is that yeah Jokic got committed his third foul, had to go sit down, and they didn't skip a beat. And they were like, we know where we should be. We know what we have to do. Let's just do it. Yeah, certainly. You know, and and so that kind of, I I mean, I think that's a, that's a fair kind of segue um, into, into Nikola Jokic. And, um, you know, look, this is a guy last year who finished fourth in MVP voting, was the all NBA center over Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid. Um, you know, came into this season as a guy who people said, and I think rightfully, he can be an MVP candidate. Yeah. And, you know, his uh, his play is really tied to how well this team can do and how, just how high of goals they can achieve. If, if Nikola Jokic plays like that MVP candidate, so the narrative went, um, they can get to get to kind of a title level contention. Um, and, and so that so let's start with there. I mean, that's obviously a, a super high bar for a player. To, to start with. And, and Jokic, um, you know, for the first time in several years, he played with his national team, um, went to China, played in the World Cup. It was a disappointing finish for Serbia. Um, they finished fifth. Uh, they, they had gold medal aspirations. So I think that experience was not, um, you know, perhaps not as, as joyful or as free as, as, you know, maybe they had hoped going into that. But whatever that was, he came back to 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 the states and and for training camp at the end of September, having only spent 
a couple weeks, maybe 10 days in Serbia following the World Cup. Um, and really for him, I think home is where he centers himself. It's where he spends time with his horses, with his family. And he has said oftentimes, like, you know, this this is not who I am here. Like my home is, is Sambor. That will always be my home. And so I think that um, what you're seeing now, for whatever reason, is he's just he's just struggling. I, I think he's a little bit out of shape, um, whether that's a result of playing, um, you know, playing in Serbia, playing in the World Cup and not having the same dedicated summer routine that he had had the last several years. Um, you know, but again, he's a guy that he can he can just sort of halfway go through a game. I mean, he came into tonight averaging 15 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. For him, those are drop-offs from, from, from what he had as a season-ending line last year. He was, at, he was around 20 points, 11 boards, 7 assists. But, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that yeah. would like to have a 15, 10, and yeah. 6 line. Um, and, and he's really just kind of doing that um, without having had any kind of standout game. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen him put very few, you know, full, complete games together. He had a great second half in Orlando. Um, but the first half, he, he was nowhere. Pretty decent-ish first half in New Orleans and then disappeared in the mm-hmm. second half. Um, you know, and, and so for whatever reason, he hasn't, he hasn't clicked. I mean, for, from your perspective, and, and I know you were, you were at practice yesterday while I was trying to get ready to move. Um, you know, that's kind of where, where, you know, what did Jamal Murray say about how he's got to kind of step into that? Yeah, you? you know, Jamal, you obviously wrote a story on Jamal's leadership and him giving a speech to the team in the locker room after that New Orleans game. And Jamal touched on it a little bit at practice the other day, and he said, when it comes to Nicola's leadership style, it's very lead by example. He goes out on the court and he puts up those ridiculous numbers and people see what they should be doing. This is our leader. And Jamal said, you know, he's not doing that, really. He's not putting up the numbers that we're used to him putting up. So I'm going to use my voice and say, hey, no, Nicola, he's not doing what we're used to, but we still have a job to do. We're not going to let, you know, these, his rougher moments define our games and our season. And that's not, that's just not going to be the way that we're going to play. Yeah. So. yeah. And, and look, I mean, the, the reality mm-hmm. is, is that last year in the playoffs, um, Jokic was dominant. He had um, just an incredible playoff debut. It was his first time in the playoffs and he averaged 25 points, 13 rebounds, uh, eight and a half assists. I mean, he was phenomenal, and, and the Nuggets kind of fed everything through him. That they, they he put them on his back, and, and that's why they were able to get within one game of the Western Conference Finals. I think what you're seeing now is that the Nuggets are having to figure out other ways to win games, and so the glass half full perspective would say, listen, while he's going through this, while while he's he's in the middle of whatever stretch he's in that. Um, they're hopeful that he'll kind of just shake out of and they'll see the, the old Nicole yeah. Jokic they're used to. They're now kind of figuring out ways to, to win while he's, you know, again, his his B or C game is, right. is still, and it, it, so it's not as if he's not helping them win. I, I don't want to overblow this to say that he has been, um, you know, you like not helpful at all. That That's that's not the case. I think it's just that he's set such a high bar for, for the, his performance and how the team feeds around him that when – when you don't see that, it's it's kind of jarring. But in the meantime, I think Jamal Murray, we, you you just you just hit it on the head. I think the leadership component is important. I just also see a guy who seems um, just kind of more focused, you know, mm-hmm. and, and locked in. I, I think earlier in his in the first three years of his career, 
Um, you saw a lot of times where he was prone to, I'm going to go out and just kind of bomb away, have a huge game, like score 40 points. But then the next night, Tuesday night, dead of winter, Kings come to town and he's not as engaged. Yeah. What I'm seeing tonight, and, and you know, he's had at least 14 points in every game. Um, you know, he is, I think, taking it upon himself to be mature and focused in every game. I completely agree. And, you know, earlier in the season, I was talking to Coach Malone about this and, you know, asking what does Jamal need to do to take those next steps to become the player that he has potential to be. And Malone said consistency, exactly what we were saying. He'd come up super hot one night, the next night he'd be ice cold. And so Malone's just been harping on consistency, consistency. Don't just chuck shots up there. Look for the good ones. And if you don't have a good one, pass it to your teammate and you know let him shoot and then get in position for the next player, anything like that. And I think that Jamal's really taken that to heart. And I think it's, it's showing in the games. Yeah, no, certainly. And, and, and he, he's got it. He's, he's become, I mean, he, he's already, you know, their, their second most important player. And when you're, when your your most important player is not quite where he needs to be, I think that puts even more onus on Jamal Murray. The positive thing for the Nuggets is is he certainly seems to be um, embracing that. And, and I, you know, look, he so twenty one points tonight on nine of fifteen shooting, had five rebounds. He, he's at, he had he had two offensive rebounds on back to back possessions in, during that um, you know during that third quarter um, where he, he just kind of helped them help them pull away. I mean, those are the kind of things that. You know, when you're when you're one of your highest paid players, your point guard is getting in there, getting offensive rebounds between three defenders. Um, that 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 kind of I think peels off on other yeah. guys. And if he continues to bring that kind of mentality night in night out, I think that's going to give them a better chance to, you know, to to deal with some of the Jokic stuff again. Mm-hmm. I think that he is going to he's going to break out of it. We're going to see I, him have. I agree. We're going to see him have you know a game here soon. I'll be really interested to see Friday, you know, because Joel Embiid comes mm-hmm. to town. He'll be off his suspension. Um, you know, those two have played um, entertaining. They've had entertaining matchups um, throughout the last couple of years. But I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if obviously Philadelphia fans believe that Joel Embiid should have been the guy winning all in NBA. Look, and you could have you could have rightfully gone either way on that vote. Um, and so th- those are those are the two best centers uh, in the NBA. And so I, I'm just really excited to watch that game on Friday to see how they, you know, to see how they go at one another. Yeah. Um, you know, Embiid is a guy who, who kind of wants those matchups, who wants to kind of thrive in that environment. Whereas Jokic is, you know, he said it tonight, he's like, you know, people ask, what was it like for you to sit down and they go on an 18, seven run? He says, look, we're, this is not, this is not about me. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is he gets frustrated at times when it's, um, he believes that the narrative puts him above the team. Mm-hmm. That's part of being an MVP caliber <laughs> player. That's the way it goes. But his whole point is, listen, we're, we're better than just me. And, you know, the Nuggets in, during a 5-2 and two start, in which mm-hmm. Jokic hasn't played all that well, um, you know, I, I think gives gives credence to that. Um, okay, so we'll, we're going to roll in now to, to this segment. I think this is going to be fun. Um, mm-hmm. Our stock report. So we're each going to say um, over the last week, um, one thing that we did in our book – um, stock is trending up and, and another thing is, is trending down. Um, let's, let's start, let's start first with, um, your kind of stock up, yes. uh, from what you've seen since the last time that we, we recorded this a week ago. Yes. So my stock up has been Will Barton, small sample size from the last time we've talked because <laughs> he missed yeah, two games. Tonight, tonight was his yes, the, yeah. <laughs> So that's saying a lot that the yeah. fact that he's only played in one game since the last time we recorded and he's my stock up. Uh, he didn't play 
two games because of inflammation of a toe. We don't know what toe. <laughs> yeah, right. But it happened. Yeah. Um, and he was just everywhere tonight. He finished with 15 points, 10 rebounds, nine of which were defensive rebounds, uh, four assists, one steal, one block. He was everywhere. He, you know, I mentioned earlier that Jimmy Butler only shot 25% from the field, and Will Barton was the primary defender on Jimmy Butler, um, who he did go to the free throw line a lot, but right. But he, but there was never any time where he kind of you felt like he was taking fire. The game. Exactly, exactly. Right. The fact that the fact that uh, I think all but two, four of his baskets came from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot that he could, just couldn't find a rhythm because of Will Barton. Um, you know, I, we talked a little bit about him last week and cause I had talked in the locker room and he said, one of my biggest concerns was that I wasn't going to become back healthy from the injury that he suffered last season. He seemed to be finding a groove, got injured again, didn't play for two games. And then I think the fact that he just came out here and looked like the will, the thrill that he was looking like he was going to be before he got injured last sure. season is a really good sign. And, and you know, he said this, especially with his defensive performance tonight, he goes, this is the defense that I imagined when I say I can be an elite defender. This is what I'm talking about. And he says, I still want to get better, though. I want to get better with my off-ball defending. He's taking a lot of pride in his rebounds. So he's really happy with his 10 total rebounds tonight. Right. I just think that it's a really good sign that, like when he starts, I think it just opens the floor up so much for them. Uh, you know, when Gary Harris went down tonight, he everything just kind of kept rolling, and I think that he played a really big part of yeah. that. Yeah, it's nice that he's versatile. Like you said, Gary Harris went down right at the end of the first half. They start the second half, and, and Will Barton is able to go into the shooting guard spot, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of more his natural position anyway. But yeah. but you're right. I mean, you get 10 rebounds out of your, you know, out of your starting small forward. Um, you know, and just, just playing, I I think he's just playing within himself. He's, um, he's attacking, he gives them another creator, um, you know, on, on the floor alongside Jamal Murray. So that takes, takes off some of the pressure from, from Jamal. Um, and look team, you know, part of what was going on with Jokic that we, we didn't mention is, is teams I've noticed are really trying to extend their defense. So in other words, they're, they're making it so that Nikola Jokic is having to catch the ball further out on the perimeter and, and they're, they're forcing him to, I think, initiate that offense further from the basket, as opposed to letting him get it at the elbows where he can be a lot more dangerous. So that that's part of it as well. And, and so Jamal Murray, I think is, is taking advantage of that, um, finding his spots in the mid range and Will Barton certainly um, is creating, creating a lot with that opportunity as well. And, you know, I, I was certainly glad to see him, him back tonight. You know, you, you you have a guy that dealt with all the injuries he did last year. We show up in New Orleans and there's a toe inflammation and, you know, it's he was he was hobbling pretty good. But mm-hmm. whatever it was, he, it certainly seemed like it was it was taken care of. Um, you know, my, my stock up, I, I think that this sort of goes kind of throughout the season. But, um, you know, Mason Plumley is a guy who he'll he'll rarely get kind of a lot of the headlines. Right. Because his his statistics won't won't ever jump off the page. I mean, Tonight he had 10, 10 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and, and that's you know that's kind of like a, a big stat line night for him. But here's a guy who was just so good all of last season, and then and then struggled in the playoffs. He he um, again it was a situation where he was not getting a lot of minutes. Um, they were playing Nikola Jokic kind of you know all the way gassed him all the way out because they had to ride him in both of those series. So so Plumlee in those shorter minutes I think had a hard time finding his rhythm. You know, but but Jokic goes out tonight and 
they don't miss a beat because Plumlee has done such a good job orchestrating the offense, making the offense move. Um, and I, and I just think that that's been, that's been a real positive, um, for them. And so, um, you know, again, I, I think that he has been a guy who has been attacking. Um, he, he's been, he's been strong in, in that he has, uh, you know, again, played within himself, helped Monte Morris get going. And, and so it, I think it's really good for them to see him, to him the way he's playing. So, and okay. So let's go now, Kendra, to your, um, to, to, to stock down now for yeah. every up there's, there's gotta be a down and there, there does. Uh, I have picked kind of Malik Beasley as my down and just what he's been doing as of recent, um, particularly with his shooting. Uh, he's shooting 29.1% from two pointers. I think, I think kind of before tonight shooting from two pointers, especially close to the basket has been a problem for the entire Nuggets team. Mm -hmm. But I just think that he was, he, he really needed to build off of what he was doing last season. And so far, I don't feel like he necessarily has been. He hasn't, I don't, I, I just, I just don't think that he's necessarily been the player that people expected him to be that I necessarily expected him to be. Um, and he's also been struggling from threes, not as much, but I just think that he needs to to get his touch back. He, you know, he says that he's more comfortable when it comes to going closer to the hoop and stuff. He says that he's more comfortable dribbling. He spent a lot of his summer working to make sure he can dribble and handle the ball with both his, both his left and right hand. But again, when you look at his finishes at the rim, it just it it like the proof isn't necessarily in the pudding, right? Um, yeah, I, I think that with with him, um, the the reality has been that you're right. It's been a, a team wide problem that, um, especially finishing at the rim inside the restricted area, um, sort of his mid range pick and roll has not has not matched up. Um, you know, going into tonight, he was one of three tonight, but he was shooting forty two percent from three point range. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, again, the Nuggets. I'll talk about this in a minute. Aren't getting <laughs> enough of those outside shots. Um, but you, you talked to him uh, yeah. and I thought it was interesting about, um, you know, about his, his summer, his summer experience and kind of the, yes. the new mentor he gained. Yeah. So he went along with Jamal Murray. He spent some time at Kobe Bryant's like invite only super exclusive camp and stuff. <laughs> um, and he says that, yeah, he's getting a mentor from Kobe. They talked on the phone a couple nights ago and what he asked Kobe about was basically just how do you handle the mental stuff? Because I mean, it is hard, especially again, the situation where you have super high expectations for yourself, other people have high expectations for you. And then maybe you're kind of underperforming. It is hard to kind of work through those things. And, and, you know, Kobe was just telling him, you can't forget to have fun. You can't forget that this is a game at the end of the day. Like this isn't life or death. And, there's there's so many more important things, and you just have to remember that while this is your job, you can't put too much pressure on yourself where you're forcing shots just to try and get one to go through. Mm-hmm. You're not just doing whatever to try and get going. Like You have to be intentional about it, um, so don't get frustrated at yourself. And so he uh, – Malik also took up a whole new stretching routine, and he talked to guys like Tony Allen who – you know he was in the league for, I think, 14 seasons, mm-hmm. so he – knows how to take care of his body on it's you if you need to take an extra 30 minutes to stretch take an extra 30 right. minutes to take an ice bath to use the foam roller just do it your body's going to get looser you're going to stay in the game for a much longer amount of time um those are the important things to take care of yourself physically and mentally and and don't beat yourself up about 
the struggling things. And so I, I do think that even though he's my downstock, he will rise, I, I believe. And I think that he's taking it really seriously as well. And he he does want to improve and he knows. I mean, he he said he, you know, he obviously didn't come to a contract extension mm-hmm. in October. And he said, like, that's not pressure to me. And I think that that also comes from the conversations that he had with Kobe and stuff. It's like, it's not a gamble on me. I believe that I will prove that I deserve to get paid what, Ever I'm gonna get paid, right? That so I just have to go out there and like Kobe said, play the game. It's a game. I'm not gonna kill myself over yeah. this. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting that the retired Kobe has found this like new level of <laughs> sin because he, he this was not uh, you know he he was the guy that um, the whole killer mama mentality was of like it is life and death kind well, of thing. But it's it's funny that but it's. You know, and it's it's true with with Malik Beasley. You do see this a lot. Like when you decide not to take the the extension offer that that was handed out. Um, we know there was a mm-hmm. um, three year, thirty million dollar offer, so ten million dollars a year. We don't know if it extended um, up at the deadline a little bit beyond that. Um, but regardless, I I think that you know he, he's a here's a guy with what the way the market is going to be um, in the summer with not a ton of star unrestricted free agents available. I think restricted free agents like him are going to have a chance to to get to get paid pretty well to get big offer sheets from teams um and that's if even if he just kind of put up the stats that he did last year mm-hmm. now of course last year he was kind of uh he had this role created by all these injuries that it was sort of a perfect storm of him getting in there finally having this opportunity and then really a league that had no book on him because he had not played much his first two years at all and so all those things, I think, created sort of a perfect opportunity. Now, you're right. He's come in. He's expected to be a big player off the bench for them, uh, expected to be a scorer. Um, but teams also kind of know his game now. They know him a little bit better. They know that he's you know, an athletic guy that's going to try to get to the rim, but he's also going to try to find his spots in transition. I think the Nuggets could help him by running a little bit more, by picking up the pace, because that's where he can find his spots because he's so athletic. Um, and, and kind of get to his spots and be able to to create and things like that. Um, you know that that's the, I, I do think that there's that opportunity for him. But yeah, he's just got to shake out of it right now. Yeah, and I mean he did talk about that too. Of what what can what what does the team need to do to get him more you know threes and stuff? And he did say he's like just repetition. We have and they have a new four with Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did mention Michael Porter Jr. who's obviously he's not in the rotation right now. But you know, you're just working with new guys. He says we just need to work more with this new group and we'll find a rhythm. Yeah. And shots will come yeah. when they come. You know, and I think again, like he's still shooting well from three point range. That that's where they I think he can continue to be the biggest weapon and, and the more shots they get him, uh, I, I think that will create other opportunities for him to score in other ways. Mm-hmm. My downstock, speaking of three pointers, yes. um, <laughs> you know, that that's it, it's really interesting to me. Um, when, when we talk three pointers, I'm talking attempts, mm-hmm. uh, at media day, Michael Malone said, we want to shoot 36 to 37, three point attempts per game. Um, the nuggets haven't come close to that. The, the, the most that they've shot was 32 on opening night. They hit 18 of them and you said, okay, well, this team is going to get up a lot of them. Um, they got shooters. They're, they're going to make them. Um, and, and you knew like, they're not going to shoot 54% or 56%, whatever it was every night. Um, but that kind of volume, I, I think, is what this offense can create. You know, even tonight in this win, you know, they go 9 of 23. And it's it's not a situation where they're going in at halftime and Michael Malone's like saying, guys, we need uh, 19 more three-pointer attempts in the second half. 
Um, but they need to continue to generate these looks to get guys like Beasley going, to get guys like Murray going. Um, on that second unit, uh, a Jeremy Grant who's shown uh, over the last year or so that he can be an effective three-point shooter. Get Monte Morris, who who shot a lot of three-pointers last year, shot 40% uh, or better uh, throughout mo- most of the season. They're just not getting as much of that. They're not. They're not getting. I, I think they were going into tonight, um, you know, kind of in the in in the in the high twenties in attempts per game. They they need to find a way to I think generate more. And I asked Michael Malone about this before the game, and he said, um, you know, he said I want to make more, which yeah. you know, of course. But again, that tonight I, they shoot thirty nine percent. You know, if you if you're shooting ten, you know, ten fifteen more attempts, and, and you're able to shoot at that kind of clip. Um, you know, well, now you've really got a scoring a scoring weapon that can improve what they're doing. Um, you know, again, I think a lot of it goes back to pace. They, they if, if they want to create more opportunities, they need to push the ball because that's how you get um, mismatches in transition. That's how you get to get to your spots and find guys who are open. Um, you know, I think tonight was a good good example of um, the looks that they got were good. And, and, and I know that that's you, you throw a number out there. And to be fair to Michael Malone, it's like, okay, well, now everybody's holding you to this number. Right. Um, and, and so it's it's not as hard and fast in my eyes as, as getting that exact number. I think it's more just the spirit of creating those opportunities. Uh, and, and they got to find a way, I, I think, to get more get more of those chances because they're good enough, I, I think, to be a team that shoots 36% from three-point range. And so if you up your, up your attempts, create more of those opportunities, I think that could be the thing that helps get this offense on track. So anyway, that, that's going to do it, I think, for us tonight here on the Rainbow Skyline Podcast. Again, we'll have another episode this week after Friday night's game against the 76ers. Uh, until then, again, sign up at theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline Podcast for 40% off. want to give a shout-out to our producer, Rob Lopez, for holding it down, making us sound good. Um, until, uh, until we record our next podcast, we'll see you guys soon.